Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football on the pitch, off the pitch. It's our first week without football. Well, you know, there's friendlies going on. How do you feel? Really weird. Like, I need th- something to uh, fill my time. Or, like, structure That's your days so- and weeks, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like we expect a midweek game and then saturdays and sundays like on on mondays on mondays or like early early in the week you look at all the games that are going to be in the weekend and then mm-hmm. you're kind of expecting those and now I'm gonna watch this and i'm gonna not watch huge this huge football hole on yeah. saturday it's so Sunday sad mornings. no it's more like a statement about my life than anything but at least for us in the u.s you kind of still have you can watch your game in the morning, the afternoon, and then you can still socialize or whatever at night. Versus like the Europeans. Yeah. Before basically. a lot of times, like they have to sacrifice their social life to be able to watch football. And then which they won't sucks. have any social life anymore. And right. They the lost point, all their friends because yeah, they were, and, all they were doing is watching the football. Summer, and during the summer when there's no football and there's no, they have no friends. So they're fucked. Unless, you know, they just get together and watch together. Or their friends all like, like I wish I wish we had more friends who would watch with us. Yeah. But the timing so is strange. Like, you want to get together on a 9, 8, 10 a.m. on a, on a sad, Saturday or a Sunday? It's just strange. No, but there's a lot of games at 3 p.m. La Liga games. La Liga games, most, a lot of them are at 3 p.m. Well, that's true. But a lot of Premier, League, Premier League, is, League is in the morning yeah, for Premier us. So it's just, it's a bit weird. There are fewer, I would say there are fewer people probably... Because I think in general, unless Barcelona and Real Madrid fans, there are more Premier League fans, right? That's true. There are more That's people true. who watch yeah. Premier League than there are people who watch that league. At least here. I'm talking about the US. I'm not talking about Europe. But yeah. anyway, um, let's start with transfer news. So the transfer market is of the summer is officially open. So mm-hmm. happy summer transfer. The Which team is interested in, in buying you? That's a tough one. I'm very pricey, though. I don't think anyone can afford me. <laughs> really? How much? Although I think, I think you know, either the Saudis or the... Or the Are they going to pay you like a hundred million as well? Well, that would be nice. A year? Yeah. We talked about this last time, right? You don't get to pay any taxes. Although as an American, you will be paying American taxes. So it's not, it's not so great anyway. But if you're not American, Pulisic is not going to go. Yeah, exactly. Pulisic is not going to get an offer. They know he's not going to want to go. Unless, you know, you know what? He's like, I give up my American passport. Give me, give me a a U.S. passport. Maybe he hasn't. It's very hard to get. Oh yeah. His parents are from Croatia. Oh, it is. Or oh. one of the look at his okay. last name. Yeah, that's but true. they that's but they true. anglicized it. So instead of Pulis- Pulisic, it's Pulisic, mm. right? Anyway, the most obvious place to start is the Mbappe saga, which has been like one huge soap opera, <sighs> so as they as it. they call Honestly. it in the French newspapers. Dude, I don't care. Just pick any team already. Honestly, like th- does he crave attention? I think so. I really think so. I think he wants all this attention on himself. And when you see him in interviews. It's like he's a bit annoyed about all the attention, but I don't yeah. think that's the case. I think he's creating the the drama and the attention and then pretending as if it doesn't really phase him. He doesn't yeah, really want yeah. it, but in actuality, he's loving it. And he's annoyed that the, the journalists are asking him all these questions. Yeah, and, exactly. And oh, by the, is the president going to impact your decision? He writes, this all started because he wrote a letter to PSG that apparently got leaked to L'Equipe before. It officially was received and announced that he wrote this letter to PSG, the board and the owners, that he will not be renewing his contract in 2024. He will not be renewing. He will not be opting in. But the problem is most of the time, it's these kinds of contracts. It's an opt in, right? It's not an opt out. You Mm -hmm. only have to tell them if you decide to sign on for another year. You Mm -hmm. don't really need to tell people that, hey, I'm actually not signing, right? It's an opt in. It's not an opt out. Got it. Uh, And so PSG were... A bit upset about this, to say the least. They were very angry. 
and they don't want to let him go for free, which makes sense. They want to make money, right? And so they're basically, they're officially ready to sell him this year. Mm-hmm. He tweeted uh, uh, to, I, I don't remember, one of the French newspapers who said that he's going to go to Madrid this summer, this saying in French that it's lies, that he will that he will be joining Madrid this year. He is going to stay he at PSG. Won't he yeah, won't be. Yeah, it's a lie that he will be going to Madrid oh, this year. Okay. He will stay at PSG for another year and mm-hmm. he's very happy in Paris. So he emphasizes a lot. I'm very happy in Paris. This is where I want to be. All that stuff. He even said, apparently, that he's going to have a documentary made about his last year at PSG. So okay. so this coming season, not, not this like season. Everyone's doing that right now. Everyone's making a documentary about the team. Like, I think from, from when uh, they made it about... City. But this is... But this extra right it's like yeah you're it's saying, about the player well no it, as in like you there's a good chance that you're gonna get sold but you're still gonna say oh yeah i want a documentary made about me in my last year at and how accurate is this letter that was leaked like how he said he wrote it what do you mean oh but so how how come he's saying i'm saying so what happened no because he wrote the letter saying that i will not be renewing next year but he's saying i'm staying for another year until my contract expires in 2024 okay got it got right it, okay. but he won't be renewing until 2025 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's just wrote the letter to say so the journalist asked him why did you write that letter mm-hmm. and clearly there's no because everyone's wondering why did you what, write what that did letter the journalist say? what did he say he said him? i have my own reasons i don't need to explain to you basically that was that was the gist of it and so PSG obviously is furious. They think he's ungrateful. They think he leaked the letter on purpose to create this kind of toxic environment. But how do we know how PSG thinks? Like this, what they're thinking exactly? This is this is what people quote unquote familiar cl- with familiar the matter. Familiar with the matter and close. <laughs> I to gotta find one of these people. These people familiar with the matter. Okay, so PSG is horribly managed, right? Like it's it's Horrible. very hard to see how this could happen at another club. Even I understand, right? Even right. I like understand really that Mbappe is a huge star, and he basically controls a lot of what's going on at PSG, mm. which is a lot of the problem, right? But I also think he's pretty immature. Like, yes, he's smart in the way that he's trying to like create this drama and like basically placate. Paris PSG fans a bit because now he gives the impression that if true, I leave, true. it's not yeah. it's not because I wanted to leave, it's because the owners wanted wants to sell deflect, me. Deflect exactly. Because I'm so happy here. I would not want to leave. But you know, I could have stayed another year, but the owners want me to leave and so mm-hmm, they sold mm-hmm, me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not my fault. And so I think he wants to play that game and he loves the attention a bit. And it's kind of funny because like you you, you know how the press is always trying to chase players when their contract is up saying, where are you going to go? Are you going to stay? Are you going to renew? Whereas Mbappe is just like telling everyone a year in advance, I'm not saying. Yeah, but like it's a different case for him, right? Like he wants to go to Madrid and also like all this talk about how Benzema changed everything. Yeah, but, but you, yeah exactly. But you see, I, he, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Yeah, you can't yeah. leave and then expect the PSG fans to be so happy with you. And I think he wants to do this thing where... He wants to have both on their sides a bit, like not upset the PSG fans too much, but then at the same time, no, count on the fact that PSG will sell him this summer. But it's not just the PSG fans, like it's the whole French nation, right? Like I... I, I, I still don't understand why Macron is getting, like he's meddling in so this. So Macron said publicly, he his, his sentence was that, um, he says, I don't know what much about what's going on, mm-hmm. but I will speak to him to try to make him stay. That's what Macron said. This is so far. Yeah, and then Dude, when it's not your business. And when Mbappe was asked about this in the, from a journalist before uh, 
France played in the qualification game. Yeah, I saw that you, you saw his face. Like, oh, what are you going to say? Like, is the president of the Republic's words going to have any impact on your decision? And he's just like shaking his head like, at this moment, my career, of course not. Uh, but, you know, again, he wants me to stay. I'm staying another year. We're on the same wavelength. Like, imagine Pulisic playing in fucking Inter Miami and Trump calling him and telling him not to leave Inter Miami to go to... Barcelona. I swear Mbappe must be so sick of him meddling. Yeah, like, you, like, why would you put that kind of pressure on a player? Like, it's it's so stupid, right? Just because you want to have this image about France, just because you want to develop your country. This has nothing to do... Like, the development of the whole French league can be on one player, right? He's not that important. And even if he were, you shouldn't give him that responsibility. But why do you think... So, if, do you remember all the stuff that took place at the World Cup? Where Macron went to the final mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he... There were a lot of images and videos and shots of him trying to speak to Mbappe or like trying to get close to him. Mbappe kind of rejects him a bit. Like he kind of keeps his distance. He doesn't really reciprocate. Mm -hmm. But what is the reason for... And and before Macron was elected to his second term, he also did this whole... Do you remember this? He did this whole long form like video with the YouTubers, McFly and Carlito, where he calls Mm -hmm. Mbappe on the phone and talks about, oh, like actually PSG's leave... uh, He's leaving PSG, blah, blah, blah. And then they call him and then and then he's like you're, you're saying nonsense I'm I, not leaving I think it's the the whole strategy of Macron to be the cool president that's what the president I thought, that's on Twitter the president that on YouTube simple, no? it's just it's just that simple like you want to be like this young president close to all the young crowd and following football and trying to convince Mbappe to say and everyone's going to be happy with him in Paris and everyone in France is going to be happy because Mbappe everyone loves Mbappe right without him France wouldn't have done much in the World Cup they wouldn't have been in two successive World Cups, World Cup finals. So I just feel like it's very stupid. I but don't why do understand. you need Mbappe to play for your domestic league? He will still represent because France. a lot of people follow the domestic league. If you do that, right? Like that's why they brought Messi. <laughs> people really follow Liga. I mean, I guess like are people no, know no, Mbappe. French people. It's no, no, no. Because no, we're talking about because we're talking no, about no, French no. people. It's like the why same does, the same argument the same argument that a lot of people made about Morocco or like Saudi Arabia or some random team going into the World Cup final. That can't be good business for Puma. That can't be good business for Nike. That can't be good business for anyone if fucking Saudi Arabia or like some random team gets to the final. Who wants to buy their shirts? Like who wants to buy t-shirts of Moroccan no, players? I get like that. all of this stuff. Like Mbappe, everyone wants to see him in the in, so, in the So okay, World no, Cup now final. now the argument is now like more of what I think, which is a which is a poli- which is less of a political strategy, more of a financial economical one. I think it's both kind but of. But he's right? a lame duck now. Why would he care? In what sense is he a lame duck? He's a he's in his second term. He's a lame duck. Oh, you're As talking in, about sorry. I, th- I thought you were talking about Mbappe. You mean oh. the the president is in? <laughs> yes, no, but Mac- still, he wants to leave a legacy, right? Like, regardless of whether you're a lame duck or not. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just don't see how that's gonna. And plus, it just seems like French footballers, maybe just from Platini, just didn't leave such a great legacy in terms of their relationship with the president, right? Like, I, I think the way he's thinking is that you suddenly got this amazing player that is really good that is one of the best players currently better than Haaland probably the best player best young player for sure and then you also have this player who is pretty smart for his age knows how to manage like relationships knows how to talk plays really well speaks all these languages so like okay I can really use this player for a lot of things why not keep him in my league right my farmers league that everyone is calling farmers league it could become better it could push players to come because they want to play versus Mbappe things like that right like like how Messi like how they did with Messi like the, the like what they're doing about Messi in the in the US uh, uh, in MLS it's, it's kind of similar thing I just think that coming from 
a president is kind of fucked. It's not like if if Biden called Messi to ask him to come or some random Argentinian like president called Messi to ask. Him. I think it's like you shouldn't be meddling in it's that. It's not time. even the sports minister, you know. Yeah, like it's the president. I yeah, I think it's bizarre, and, and plus it only inflates. Mbappe's ego. Oh, for sure. His sense of importance is like I don't even need to answer the calls of the president. I do what he and wants. And also the disrespect right? that he's like how he's handling Madrid and the fact that they've begged him to come for ages they, and for he, years and years he, and he's still like who who and the problem like he has all the power right like he really nothing. led Madrid on and like just be like oh yeah I'm gonna come I'm gonna come and now I see that from the Madrid fan perspective they're like you know what, I'm really sick of this stuff. Because you said I you were going to come yeah. and you're like leading me on, you're like stringing me along and then saying you're going to come and then you don't come and then now you're saying you're writing this letter. Also, who writes letters anymore? Like, this is so no, stupid. I think thing in France. Is if it? If you want to cancel something, you, you write, write a letter. This it. is yeah. so stupid because as someone like that is not French and you're like, why are these people constantly writing letters to each other? Just fucking send the Instagram DM. I really don't understand <laughs> this. Anyway, and... And I, if I were a Madrid fan, I'd be fucking pissed. Like, yeah, you know what, Mbappe? Just, it's fine. I'm going to get Kane or something. Because no, you, no. Like, there's no one like him. That's no, no. The, I understand that's the problem, that. Right? I understand that. Because, to be honest, he's really the real winner here. Because regardless of what happens, like, yes, now Madrid has a bit of an upper hand over PSG. Because PSG is now desperate to sell him. Because Madrid can be like, you know what? If you don't... if I don't need to pay a huge amount of money now. I can wait next year. He can you know, leave as a free agent. And now, since I know you're so desperate to sell him, you may lower your price, right? So as from the perspective of Madrid, I don't think they're like, they're not losers. I think the biggest loser is PSG. They don't have, they don't have anyone for this year. But that's fine because they were interested in Kane and they're still looking at other options. And I don't think they're that worried. If worst case Mbappe comes next year, they know Mbappe wants to come. Mbappe, this is like his childhood dream, right? He wants to play for Madrid. And so PSG, they're like I mean, one. He could go to other clubs. In I don't the think he will. I don't think he will. What what club? What club really is gonna be able to? He's probably knowing him. He wants to obviously play in the Champions League and be consistently winning trophies, right? Yeah. There are not a lot of teams that you would say will guarantee him that. I'll give him a call to go to Barcelona. I mean, if he wants to go to Madrid, there's no way he's going to go to Barcelona. Why all these clubs want to go to Madrid and not Barcelona? That's so fucked. Jude, oh, my dream we'll, was we'll, to we'll, play in Madrid. We'll get to that. But honestly, though, without Messi, like... It is true. I feel like more people... But I think... Yeah, more I people want to go to Madrid because, I think it's because Messi has construed a lot of what Barcelona is today, but Madrid's legacy is not based on just one player. True. It's yeah. a whole history of how many trophies they won and their record in Europe and Spain. I'm like, okay... Mbappe, I think you've you've made enough money. Just go to Madrid, win trophies, play in a proper league, play with with champions. Don't like just forget about the French league, man. That, you made so much money, uh, and you're gonna be paid really well at Madrid. Second highest highest wage bill in Europe is Madrid. So just go to Madrid. Why? I think he already. I think he will too still be paid. He will still be paid less. But I really do think what triggered it is what you know the pundits are saying because Benzema left, and now they're looking for a number nine, and yeah, it's a great yeah, time. Yeah. But also because he's seeing people like Holland, who is now perhaps in contention for the Ballon d'Or, and is younger than him. And has already won a Champions League and he hasn't yeah, yet, true, right? So true, you feel but, the pressure. But but we can talk about this later. But I don't think that... Uh, like when, it, when, I, when I think about Ballon d'Or winners, uh, Mbappe is way better than Haaland. Really, really much better. So I don't think he's... But a lot of times it's, I, I think, where think, it's about the stats. I think though. maybe he wrote the letter because he was, he's like, okay, Madrid seems like they have an opening now because I don't have to compete with Benzema. 
I don't have to compete with this Ballon d'Or winner who won five Champions Leagues or four Champions Leagues, but I don't know how many. And now I like there's an opening, so maybe I should go right now. So I feel like that's also part of it. But I mean, he is he is very ambitious though, and he's he's turning twenty five this year or next year, so he's not longer that young anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, no, he needs to be winning champions. Yeah, champions. Yeah, he leagues. should. He, he stayed too long in France. I think it's time to move on. Either go to La Liga and specifically to Madrid, or just go to the Premier League. You can't stay in the French league for this long. Yeah, and another news: Jude is now officially a Madrid player. He will be wearing Zidane's old number, number five. Mm-hmm. He says that he's one of his idols, so he's you know. Did you see his brother? He looks just yeah, like him. I don't know who's cuter though. It's a very attractive family, I gotta say. <laughs> Obviously, Hafiz, but um, he is, I think, the seventh English player to have ever played for Madrid. I watched his press conference. He's, you know, really mature. He's only 19, which mm-hmm, is which mm-hmm. is really insane. Nice, really nice guy. Seems yeah, like he seems nice very calm. How well do you think he's gonna adapt to Spain? The media there is pretty harsh. Yeah, but I think it's it's fine. Like Madrid, I think is a good environment. Most most players when they go there, they adapt really well. And he's a young player, so I think he has plenty. I think he'll I think he'll adapt better than David Beckham. Do you remember I showed you that video recently no. of him speaking Spanish? Oh, my and God. people are like, Horrible. this guy Horrible. lost all his Spanish. The little bit he did speak. I'm not even sure he spoke any Spanish. <laughs> Hola, soy David Beckham. <laughs> and the the journalist calling him Hola Hood. <laughs> hilarious so instead of hey jude they will be saying (laughs) yes but yeah i'm very i'm very happy for him honestly he was captain of dortmund such a big club at 19 years old yeah so i'm i'm not i'm really not worried thank you dortmund for all the great players yeah and the other i realized also dembele is from dortmund yeah yeah dembele is from dortmund and Mm -hmm. gondogan and just yeah i mean really they they gave they gave europe a lot of amazing players and good for him because at such a young age, there are not a lot of English players who've now played in England, in Germany, and now also in Spain. So I think he's, he has, like, they're constructing their uh, a, a fantastic midfield for years and years. Oh, yeah, my God. Kamavinga and Xiaomi have a lot. And now the transition from Cruz and... Like, Kamavinga, quality player. Really good player. That's why I'm like... Xiaomi, I'm not 100% convinced in, yet. But. impresses me. They're, it's it's a massive school for footballers. Honestly, they... They gave us so many quality They gotta players. thank the Parisian Bandu. Yeah, exactly. Really? They gotta thank all the immigrants. Yeah, exactly. Um, really quickly, two really quick Barcelona transfers or, you know, purchases, I guess. They <laughs> bought an 18-year-old Mikhail Faye. I don't mm-hmm, know how to say it. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Faye. He's Senegalese. Uh, he's a centre-back also called the Monster. Never heard of. He's very young. They bought him for $5 million, though. That's a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of. He was playing mm-hmm. in the Croatian second division. Croatian second division. Yeah, and they wow. played him for five. They they bought him for five million okay. euros. So uh, the people are saying there's a lot of potential, but I what I, from what I saw online too, people are saying this is a lot of money for, especially from Barcelona's yeah, financial million. situation. Uh, supposedly, also a deal in place for another 18 year old Brazilian, Vitor Roque. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be should be around 30 million euros plus another five million bonuses. He plays in Brazil right now, but. Even though, like, I think the deal is advancing, they're saying that there still could be a possibility it doesn't happen uh, because, you know, how Barcelona's problems with registering players and all mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So what they could do is, you know, for now, buy him and then loan him until January, like keeping him at the club, loan him there yeah, and then yeah. and then actually get him here and register in, in January. But we'll see. I don't think they're close to signing any other players right now. I, I feel like the, the, the summer window or like all this transfer news, like it, 
it's it's really slow. It like, is. It, it is. It, like it trickles down at the end and it starts going really fast. And I don't know why they do this shit. Just f- maybe it's negotiating constantly and like playing those mind games and like game theory and stuff like that. But I don't know. Like you see all the news but about the Chelsea if, players. If you're smart, you sign quickly. Like Liverpool got McAllister done yeah. so quickly. It was good so price, efficient. Very good price right. for 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 that player. And you see, De- Declan Rice has been negotiating with West Ham, um, with Arsenal for how long now? So Arsenal made a first bid that was 80 million west ham rejected it because they're hoping for more than 100 million which i'm like "Mm." so they're gonna make another bid now there's more news that um so now cal walker apparently wants to live city leave city because of his playtime and all that bayern is interested in him and as always saudi arabia are making moves luka modric rejected an offer of 200 million euros for three years from al hilal and Al Nasser are now also in advanced talks with they, they call Hakim Ziyech, your like, favorite. Yeah, like a lot of journalists call Al Nasser. Al Nasser. Al Nasser. Al Nasser. It's not Al Nasser. Like, the, the other Gab and Jules also uh-huh. call him, call the club Al Nasser. It's Al Nasser. Al Nasser. Yeah, like uh, that's apolo- why it's like two, two, two apolo- S's. We apologize. <laughs> okay, but. And they're also in talks to um, bring. Who else is a player? I just said Ziyech. No, but someone else as well. Like that's trying to bring in, in Saudi. Well, Conte is is confirmed. Wait, is, it's not confirmed because it some is. journalists are saying he hasn't signed yet. Oh well, okay. I thought I thought Fabrizio gave the here we go for it confirmed. Okay, well. Kulabali is also in talks. What is up with all these players? Or so Muslim players? Maybe I think it's really possible. Yeah, it's it it could be. I don't know how Muslim Hakim Ziyech is. Yeah, though. that's true. <laughs> Honestly, I thought, I thought, okay, let's not speak about his religion. No, no, I'm I don't just know. saying, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know how he doesn't he strike me watching videos and all when he comes to Morocco as a super but he religious has a guy. Cultural part. Like that guy, Zakaria yeah. Abu Khler, who plays for Toulouse, super religious dude. Mm-hmm. And you like, he talks about it all the time. So, uh, Mazrawi, same thing, super religious. Like, he had an interview where he was reading the Quran, but Ziyech, I don't know. So that's well, that's what I'm saying. But but he, at least they're like, okay, it's a, it's a, he's from a Moroccan you know, background and he has. He knows what Ramadan is. That's true. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, since we're talking about uh, Ziyech, yes. uh, I want to talk about Morocco versus South Africa. Great segue. Um, yeah, fantastic segue. So Morocco lost today to South Africa in the massive oh, FNB. No. Yeah, in the massive FNB stadium, two one as part of the qualifications to the 2020, 2023 Afcon in the Ivory Coast, but they will be held in twenty twenty four. Both countries have already qualified, so this is really basically a friendly. A game to decide who will be at the top of the group. First goal was an own goal from Munir. Oh, I used to like Munir. Now I have Munir trust. Munir is, is is the second goalie. Of yeah, Morocco. now I have trust issues with uh, with Munir as I do with uh, with Bono. But fine. Uh, the first uh, first goal was own goal from Munir after a kick from Percy Tau, and the second goal was on the back of a counter attack from South Africa. So Percy Tau is a player from who plays in the best Egyptian team, Al Hilal. Yeah, no, uh, Al Ahly. Al Ahli. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. So he's 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 a pretty dangerous guy. Like really not a bad player. Um Ziyech scored the only goal from Morocco from a really nice play. It was a great goal. Yeah, really, really not a bad goal. So first let's start with South Africa. It's really, really good team. Really fast on the counter-attacks, organized, quick to get the ball uh back. Basically like watching Mamelodi Soundowns. If anyone's ever watched them, it's kind of like the best team in in South Africa. They uh, played Al Widad in the semi-final of the Champions League and the loss to uh, to the Moroccan team. Um, they're they're like Brazil. They call them the, the Brazil of Africa, and like they were kind of similar colors. So I think it's a really good team. It's, they have like five players out of Memo Sand Sundowns, 
and they also have the Al Ahli player Persita, uh, who is dangerous. I think he's really not a bad player. He looks super old. Mm. I'm not actually sure if he's old or not. Uh, they could have definitely scored more than two goals with massive, massive mistakes from Morocco. Uh, and Sorry, so he's only 29. Yeah, but he, he looks not, much he does older. Not no, look 29. Yeah, he looks much older. Okay. Um, they could have scored more goals. Uh, Morocco had some massive mistakes, uh, but sadly. I think South African players lack a bit of experience, so they couldn't finish. Like a lot of these opportunities, which could be a problem for them in the next Afcon. Embarrassing, embarrassing performance. They also from don't Morocco. understand offside. Yeah, nine offsides, nine or ten offsides. Like that's that that's a problem. Honestly, to me, it, it looks it's like, like they don't understand the basic rules. Of yeah, the yeah, game. it's it's really bad if you're always caught an offside. Like it means that you're not doing your doing your job well. Um, as I said, embarrassing performance from Morocco, but as, as expected, Walid is saying that he's trying a lot of new players. He wants to see how they perform. Yes, I'm just assuming that everyone knows Walid. Most people don't, so yes, you got sorry, it. Sorry, Walid is the Moroccan uh, uh, coach. We had the, the main back players, four back players uh, from the World Cup, Mazraoui, Saez, Agurd, and Hakimi. Um, Saez back from injury, so these four players were not bad. Uh, but then the midfield was completely new. So if anyone remembers from the uh, from the World Cup, there was this amazing player in midfield, number eight, called Unahi. Really, not, really good player. Now he plays for Marseille. So that guy is not there. Amrabat is resting. Another player called Amala is not there either. And Bufal is missing. Bufal is the former Southampton player who scored one of the best goals in the Premier League one year. It was really, really nice goal. Like Bufal is is crazy because it doesn't matter if he plays in the Qatar League. He still manages to perform really well, like to play like like how a Brazilian would play, even though he's not playing with like amazing players. It's mm -hmm. really even when he was at Angers, which is like a shitty team, he was still doing a great job. So he comes from Angers, which is a shitty team, goes to the World Cup and has a fantastic performance. I don't know what to say. Like a lot of these new players that that he brought, this guy named Malé from Lecce in Syria, Luza from Watford in the Championship, both super disappointing. Uh, Ziyech in the midfield is not good, honestly really not a good midfielder Ziyech I think he should be like a winger like he is in Chelsea he has these amazing crosses super dangerous and when he switched to the midfield he automatically scored yeah like you I mean switch to a winger position yeah switch to the winger position I'm sorry he automatically scored Abu Khlal, not great I'm sorry this Abu Khlal guy is a winger in Toulouse apparently he scored 10 goals he has massive problems with the, the team but it has nothing to do with his performance his performance is not great I think all of his attempts to try to actually score and dribble were not successful. And then when Mizrawi got injured, the, the coach played him as a right back or like left back, I'm, I don't remember, and he didn't play that well. So really embarrassing performance because no one was on the wings to actually like cross the ball to Nasiri. Nasiri didn't get any balls, uh, basically. I don't think it's a bad result per se, just because I think that uh, Walid, the coach, was trying. He wanted to try a lot of players. He knows he's first team his a team they will do a good job they beat brazil the team that did so well in the world cup i think is, it will do really well again in most games but because he has all these players that are injured he's like okay why, why don't i try in a new team amrabat played 150 fucking games this year can you believe it shit it's so many games so he told him just rest no need for you How to come. How is that possible? Because he played in the World Cup. He played every almost every single game in Syria. He played almost every single game in the Cups. The, the, the Cups. All, both of them. The European one and the the, the the one. So it's like, this guy, he has to be a machine, right? I mean, 
Talk about Declan Rice. Yeah, sure, Declan Rice is great, but look, 150 games. It's it's ridiculous. So I think he's trying to find his options B and his option C, and a lot of these new players are kind of new. They don't fit in. And so I don't think it's a bad result. I mean, I don't either. It was more of like a training session. I feel like this was a relatively low stakes game where yeah, he could yeah. he could go against a team that is threatening exactly. in some way exactly, and then see how he can work it out. And I don't necessarily think it's a terrible thing that your B and C team are not just not up to the standard too because most teams can't have their main midfielders, for, for example, missing and still play but at the same level. he has no midfielder. That's well, that's problem. what I'm saying. Yeah. You can't... It's it's very rare. Even if you take a team that you keep saying, oh, England is so great. But if if England's main midfielders are all missing, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. see how could they could play to, like, a, to a high true. level. Even yeah. France. I mean, it's the same thing, right? You take out yeah, most yeah. of the people in the middle. If you take out... I know Griezmann's not really a midfielder, but like if you, if you take out like a Griezmann or like whatever, it is like they're going to miss a lot of their attacking force in the middle. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, without that's true. without Declan Rice, without Jude Bellingham, and without let's say Henderson, yeah, England's not going to be able to push the way they can. So I, I don't think I'm not, I wouldn't be that disappointed. They still scored a goal. Yeah, no, no, it's like but the goal was like really an individualistic kind of play. Like it wasn't no, there was no team effort. They you couldn't see really a string a lot of passes together, and I think that is the problem because the midfield is not there. Yeah. So they cannot keep possession for very long. They can't string passes together, and just relying on your left and right backs doesn't always work that well. Like Hakimi and Mizrahi can only do so much. And 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 Mizrahi keeps getting injured super quickly, which is weird. Hakimi really good game. I liked him, especially in second half. He had those like. Uh, plays with Ziyech and like the World Cup from what I remember in the World Cup Hakimi, Ziyech, Unahi were fantastic the trio so let's see honestly not too bad of results uh, I Walid keeps saying that what he cares about is just the AFCON like that's what matters to him he doesn't care about winning friendlies or winning some games that are not important what he cares about is the title which is this, this makes is the qualification for, yeah but they have already the, qualified I understand I understand so. but this is still part of the, the route to yeah exactly the, it's his third defeat ever mm-hmm. as, a, as a head coach of Morocco after Croatia and France defeat so let's talk about the AFCON I know not a lot of people probably watch uh, the AFCON or the African Cup of Nations is effectively the main international men's association football competition in Africa. It's organized by what we call CAF, which is the Confederation mm-hmm. of African Football. So uh, it's held every two years, and they switch to odd numbers uh, years in uh, 2013. That's interesting. Yeah. It so, staggers it a bit with like the Olympics and the World Cup. and Yeah, that, they'll right? probably switch it again at some point. So Senegal won the most recent cup, and I remember this game, for the first time in the history, which is very weird for like Senegal to just win in 2021. Beating uh, Egypt on penalties in 2021. Egypt is the most successful nation in the cup's history, winning the tournament seven times. They even won the tournament three consecutive titles in 2020, 2026. I'm sorry, 2006, 2008. And, okay. But it's basically, the, the whole team is basically kind of Al-Ahli. Because um. Al-Ahli is so good. Egypt knows this 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 competition so well. Right. So then you have Cameroon who won it five times. So Cameroon is also really good in the in the Afcon. Most recently in 2017, Ghana also won it four times. Nigeria three times. Ivory Coast and Algeria two times. Then you have a bunch of countries like Morocco, South Africa, Senegal who have only got the trophy once. The next 2023 uh, Afcon will be held in Ivory Coast from the 13th of Jan 24 to the 11th of Feb 24. And I think what Westerners may not understand about the AFCON, it is not about the best or the most talented teams. Like, literally, it's not. 
it's super physicals. Uh, player are, players are worried about like how physical should they be? Like how uh, like how how should they try? Should they try? It's a really different hard? tactical game. Yeah, it's like really like if you were a European player, are you gonna risk? your career are you gonna risk your whole season and play really hard in some fucking pitch somewhere in africa it's it's super physical also the pitch conditions are not ideal most of the times there's like patches on the field everywhere and you saw that like game the tunisia game today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were there were times where there were safety concerns basically and the weather is most of the time not great it's really hot really humid so it's it's your ability to actually withstand all these conditions that makes you a great team so what happens with egypt is that egypt is basically al-ahli plus salah <laughs> it's very simple right. al-ahli mm. wins fucking trophies all the time so they're used to this so to me i want to talk like about the favorites for the afghan to me it's either egypt senegal algeria so egypt basically as i said al-ahli plus salah al-ahli just beat with that last weekend in casablanca to lift its 11th champions league it's ridiculous. Really, African 11th. Champions League. Let, yeah. Let's be clear. 11th African Champions League. Yes. They call the club the club of the century for a reason. They win everything. They're the Real Madrid of Africa. Mm-hmm. They have 25 continental titles, which is a crazy record. And they breed consistency. So to be able to win Champions League, you have to do group stage and you have to go all the way to Af- like a bunch of African teams. For those who African don't know, it's, it's 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 a pretty big continent. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big continent, and you have to go to some random countries, and you have to go play all the group stage there every year like that, every year consistently, and still win, and in horrible conditions sometimes, and they still manage to win most of the time. This is not like I just want people to not when you think about Africa, it's not just Morocco or South Africa when you watch their FNB stadium is amazing, right? Or even Egypt or even some of these countries. There are other countries I that think are much more. A poorer. lot of westerners who think of Africa, it's mostly around the coast. It's almost like the countries that are not on a coast mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. North Africa or South Africa in the bottom, they kind of get forgotten about, true, right? Like true. Zambia, yeah. the Congos or Zimbabwe or whatever it is, right? Like all the in-between and all the little tiny countries like Togo, Benin, like yeah, all those, exactly, little, exactly, those little ones exactly. that are like lined up next to Ivory Coast and all that stuff, right? So there's, yeah, there's a, basically there's a lot of countries like, like, and like, it's really big like even in cameroon when they held the like one of the recent afghans there was problems in the hotel players didn't have food like a lot of basic infrastructure stuff is not there and so it's much harder for you to, as a player imagine you play in fucking manchester city and all of a sudden you have to go and i'm play sure some, yeah i mean it's you're not, like why am i doing all I of mean, this the, 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 there are a decent amount of European play- people who play in Europe who get called to play. In, yeah, in no, Afghan. no, exactly. So, I mean, so and how important the- is Afghan? Remember last year they were all annoyed, or like t- in twenty twenty one, that Salah and Mane are not going to be in Liverpool because mm, of the yeah, Afghan. So, I remember. Yeah, so it's like, mm, oh, how important is that? The second team. So to me, Egypt is a favorite just because as long as Ahli is good, Egypt is going to be good. Mm-hmm. The second team is Senegal. Senegal is basically dominating African football in all men's categories. It's, it's it's ridiculous. They the country has been investing massively in in, in football, okay. and they've kind of won it all recently. Afcon in twenty twenty one, African Nations Championship or the Shan in twenty twenty two, which consists of players playing in the national league competition. So you can only get players who play in the national league to actually play. Mm, okay. Right? Then Af- twenty twenty two Africa Beach Soccer Cup of Nations, which is random but still. Uh, U20 2023 Afghan and U17 most recently Afghan re- beating Morocco in the final in Algeria. 
So I know this seems like a super random type of titles, but it's still a lot. It's like it's like they're consistent mm-hmm. at least recently. They have players like Mendy, Mane, Koulibaly, Papage. I don't know if you know him. He's in Sevilla. So it is a pretty decent team, and you never know. Even in the World Cup, they weren't that bad. They had like I think one win and a tie or something like okay. that, and they qualified to the quarter or round of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Algeria. Third, I think super, super strong team as well. One of the best in Africa on paper, at least. Uh, if not the best, in my opinion. They've got Mahrez. They've got Hossam Awar, who just moved to Roma from Lyon. There were news about him recently. Uh, Ryan Aitnouri from Wolves. Yes, I remember him. Yeah, they've got Ben Nasser from AC Milan. And obviously, Ben, ben Rahma from uh, West Ham. They will be hungry to, to win a title right now, just because... They didn't qualify. Yeah, they didn't qualify to the World Cup. And it was really annoying for them. They were extremely unhappy about it. Cameroon, also not bad. They know the, the cup really well. They had a, a decent performance in the World Cup. They beat Brazil, probably the first African team to do so. They've got Abubakar, Onana, Chopomoting, players like that. Not bad. Nigeria as well. One of the best teams on paper. They've got these amazing stars. Uh, Shukwese, uh, Osiman, Iobi, Everton. Like a number of good players. And that doesn't mean that they will actually win it. But you have a decent squad. They have a lot of players in the Premier League. And the last team is Morocco. I don't think they're favorites, to be completely honest. Um, they Their performance in the AFCON has not been great. They lost in the quarterfinal in 2021 to uh, Egypt. I mean, yes, they were top of their group in 2021, but they, they lost to Egypt in a like really late-minute late minute goal in like 100 minutes. Uh, I don't know. They just... When you think about Morocco, they haven't actually won a title in a while. Their most recent AFCON was in 1976 and the only one. Being fourth in the World Cup, nobody gives a shit. You gotta win titles. That's what matters. They're kind of like England though. Yeah, and you, so exactly. <laughs> you gotta win titles. Like, oh, Morocco has a really strong team, but uh, really? Okay, so yeah. You, you just need, as they will say, the first one is the hardest one. But I, I really, I don't think like Africa, they can do well in Africa. That's the problem. Because if Morocco was in the Euros, I think they would have more chances of winning than in Africa. It's a, it's a different environment, it's right? It's really a different, they're super delicate. We have a lot of European players. We have a lot of players who kind of have double do you citizenship. Think it's the, do you think it's the Mor- most European? Yeah, Morocco has the high, like if you look at most recent World Cup, I think it was the first in terms of double citizenship. Oh, okay. uh, or in terms of players who were born somewhere else. And then chooses, chooses Morocco. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the first. So it makes it like, okay, why am I going to risk all this for a fucking AFCON? Like a World Cup? Yeah, everyone's watching. Actually, I disagree because I think what, and it is a lot part, a, a huge part thanks to Walid that he has really fostered a very close-knit relationship between the players who are mm-hmm. so proud for playing for Morocco. And I know that a lot of African countries obviously have this as well, but I really see it. I really saw it. In the World Cup and also all the games they the, played since. the World Cup makes sense, right? Because it's such a big com- competition. No, 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 I understand. But your idea of like, oh, players are not going to try as hard because it's going to risk this and this and that. I, I don't think that necessarily true is true. And so... Well, you it, might be right. Just because there is... If, if you're Egypt or Morocco, there is no other title to win other than AFCON. You're never going to win the World Cup, probably, right? Mm-hmm. Even though Walid said that he's going to retire or he says he's gonna quit, quit if it, he doesn't if he win doesn't the afcon the, no just get to the semi-final the semi-final yeah i mean i don't think that he's just talk i do i don't think the semi-final is impossible he just needs to dude, be dude you have not watched it no i you haven't will see. we'll watch it in 2024 and you'll see how random it is i mean it may not be the most 
tactically engaging to watch. Yeah. But the, the kind of physical side of it, he needs to be smart about how the, he, the players approach that, right? I agree, but then again, it's changing. There's a lot of good African players. If you think about like all these Nigeria, all the teams that I've just yeah, mentioned, but think about they it. have really good players in Europe. Besides maybe Egypt, a lot of these top favorite teams you've mentioned do have European players. Yeah, that's true. Other so it's, Egypt, so it's, it's not even yeah. like they, they won't have those players. Like I'm pretty sure Mahrez is not used to getting pushed and like shoved around the pitch. Well, at this point, he is just because he played with the national team for a while. Well, yeah, yeah, I understand, I understand. But he doesn't play like that all the time. That's true. That's true. I, I think they have to change something about them when they go there. And right. really, the pitch conditions eat, eat a little, are crazy. Eat a little more, please bulk a l- up a little. Because there are players like Unahi and and, oh my God, and, yeah. and Agurd and Ziyech who like kind of freak me out. They're like on the brink of looking like starving migrants. It's kind of like if you, 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 if you took Spain and you told them, go play in Afghan. Like, I don't think they would do really no, well. No, they, they don't just look so skinny. They're, like, delicate. Yeah, Ziyech looks true. so delicate. Like, Even Masrawi. No, Unahi, like, he, he falls Unahi is the worst. Yeah. Unahi and, and really get, looks... And they get injured, like, super quickly. Um, I mean, I don't... I'm, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith It's okay. Them. We'll just... I think, I think it's going to be Egypt again, or I think it's going to be Algeria or Senegal, but we'll see about that. And I wanted to bring up one other thing as well. The regular uh, Ballon d'Or or like the actual Ballon d'Or and the, and the African Ballon d'Or are maybe coming up soon this year. So who do you think is going to win the Ballon d'Or? Which one? The African one? Both. Or? Let's start with the actual Ballon d'Or. I can't really... The actual one, I probably have a little bit more of an opinion because the African Ballon d'Or, I don't have a comprehensive view of all the African players. I mean, there is no off. comprehensive view, right? And, it's okay. very... Who are the African players? Okay, let's let's put the African players aside. Let's start with the, the, the actual Ballon d'Or. I mean, t- to me, there's only th- three players who would... If you tell me that they deserve it, right? It's mm-hmm. it's Messi, mm-hmm. it's Mbappe and Holland. Yeah, that's what I wrote as well. I don't think if but, if you told me anyone else, I'd just be like, that's a bit of a stretch. Okay, but Holland is not gonna win it. Let's be honest, right? Holland is not what you would call a complete player. Okay, but it doesn't matter if you're saying that it's between the three of them, and you're saying that Holland has no chance. Then this year, I don't think Mbappe has a chance. Yeah, either. I agree. Then I it's, agree. Just so it's just Messi. Because yeah. if, if you're going by that metric, then being a complete player, okay, then what the what the Mbappe do this no, year. No, I agree. He I won agree. his league and he scored the most goals, but that's yeah. it. He didn't do because if you're looking at that, like if we're just looking at stats, then I do think Holland has a chance against Messi because he scored all those goals. Uh, he won the champions. True, he won the treble. True, true. Right. But at the, at the same time, Messi, 32 goal contribution with PSG, won the French league, won the World Cup. Right? I know the Best world. No, the World if Cup. you take. The World Cup out of the equation. I'm sorry, Messi's not getting it. I agree, but, right? But because just the World because, Cup is such a big exactly. deal. Exactly, and I do think that those voters who vote for the Ballon d'Or, those journalists and those people who vote for this kind of stuff, it, there is bias in them. No, but it's not about bias. Like, or me, their the, metrics the, don't the, always. The World line, Cup is a big deal. Their metrics the don't always line up with what you would imagine. But I do think also because Messi is coming off that like huge peak that he has achieved in his career that I think a lot of people would say, actually, you know what? Messi really deserves it this one last time. And it's also not impactful. That's the problem. I think that's the issue I have with Haaland. Haaland does not like it's Okay, you're not... just a messy stand. No, mean, no, no, is... no, I'm not. I'm not. I think Mbappe would deserve it more in another year. Just because Mbappe is the one who He's like that that element that can make a difference. It's hard Haaland to it, does no, not no, make I a agree. Difference. It's hard to say. Just for example, Norway lost against Scotland today, uh two one in the Euro qualifications. Uh, Norway doesn't have... You, you can't say Norway has a huge, strong team so that they can yeah, feed Holland. Odegaard. They have Odegaard, right? But, like, you know... But 
Scotland doesn't have an amazing team either. They have McTominay, they have Robertson, you know, mm-hmm, the, but mm-hmm. but it's not like this amazing team. It's not they're not playing against France or Portugal. So you can't say, okay, well they lost for a reason, right? Yeah. yeah. So he only had like less than 10 touches or something the whole game. So I mean, but I think it's between the three. I would be surprised if Messi doesn't win it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think he's going to win it. It's but very African Ballon d'Or. Uh, I mean, there is an obvious Salah. Name. No. There's an obvious name that everyone's talking about this year. Osiman. Oh, Osiman. Yeah. Osiman. It's you uh, think? to me, yeah, it's either Osiman or Bono. It's not going to be Salah, right? Bono just because of what he did with Sevilla, what he did with Morocco, and okay. Osiman because I, I Napoli. I think because Napoli's been. It's just very massive. difficult to talk about a player in who plays for a league that I don't watch. No, it's you don't even like it's just no, because no, how people talk about it, his Everyone results. Talks, yeah, but I know that. But, but you but, could talk about Bono. But you're right? asking you're asking me who I think should win, so I can't really say that because I don't I haven't watched him play. Oh, okay, okay, but like Salah didn't have a massive. He didn't. But Bono, but you could make an argument for Bono a little bit. I don't think because. Bono. You will see. But just how many how many goalies have won the, Af- uh, the not Af- that many? So maybe this could be an opportunity for them, right? Like okay. what Courtois was saying. Maybe. Oh, one last thing that I wanted to talk about as well is. According to the Telegraph, uh, Man City pocketed two hundred and ninety-four million pounds in prize money yes. because they won the treble. Yeah. So uh, uh, apparently, they earned one hundred and eighty million pounds for winning the uh, the fifth Premier League title in six seasons, and they also got almost four million pounds from the FA Cup, and they got I think almost like a hundred million pounds for winning the Champions League. Obviously, this is not just because they. Uh, they, they didn't just get it for the last game, for the final, but they got it throughout the whole competition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good for them. Uh, 300 uh, million pounds seems like a lot of money. And now and they're it's... trying to sell these treble jerseys. So Yeah, I don't know. Good for them. And I think that's how much <laughs> the, uh, the the Abu Dhabi fund actually paid for them. They paid like 250 billion or something like that. So they've already made their money back. I guess maybe you mean they didn't... 250 million. Yeah, 250 million. Billion. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, that's a million. lot to pay for. No, no, 250 million. <laughs> Uh, they made their initial price back maybe a long time ago, but they've, they've also invested a lot in the club. So I think overall, they probably made money. The Etihad campus itself cost 200 million. Yeah, euros. no, no. They so had to renovate a lot of it. Yeah. True. I mean, it, it, apparently it's an amazing ground. 200 million, come on. Yeah. So uh, one last piece of one topic about you know, related while we're on the city subject is Jack Grealish. Oh no. Of course Jack Grealish Dude, gets all the pr- Stop party. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay, let's 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 talk about Jack Grealish, my favorite topic to talk about. So he drank, let's say, a lot after winning the trouble. I don't think he was sober for like 72 hours. Uh, he was constantly downing alcohol. There were, you know, he was on the stage and he was saying like a reporter or like one of the women asked him a question, like at the, when they were after the parade, they all get on the stage and then they, you know, celebrate and stuff. Someone asked him a question. And instead of asking the question, he's like, this turkey needs feeding. And so Kyle Walker just <laughs> like starts dumping vodka into his throat. Um, and there's such, pi- a, such an English. He, he is. So there's there's also pictures of Kyle Walker and his teammates like supporting him walking around. They even gave him a wheelchair at one point. I saw that. Uh, oh my because, God. And I was just saying, I was telling you, if Kyle Walker is the one like holding your hair while you're vomiting and yeah. drunk isn't and all he, that, that's a, a guy, problem. Isn't he the guy who showed this penis? Exactly. Kyle Walker sometimes quite problematic when it comes to getting drunk and doing very questionable things. Uh, so, you know, that's a little... So the press, mostly the English press I want to talk about, is actually really positive about him they're saying things he's a legend he's hilarious what an icon basically glorifying him as a drunk ass and i i do think that 
Yeah, English people like this kind of character, right? That's true. He's that's true. he's he's the kind of he embodies this average English bloke who loves to party, who loves to drink. He's living his life. He plays football, and he's kind of simple. Like he's true, very simple-minded, true. right? Like he's if you watch us, and he's kind of stupid, but in like a funny, endearing way because he doesn't know anything. You're so mean. Why are you calling the guy no, stupid? No, no, I love Grealish, but everyone, come on, come on, come on. He doesn't know. Okay, I think the issue is why is Pep letting him act like like this for days? Because I think he doesn't ever get to be like this. That's what I was thinking. I was like, they get he he got does so he suppressed. Control, does he control like when yeah. they have sex? No, no, he gets so suppressed and oppressed by Pep during the season that he needs to let it all out after winning. Dude, think about it. He must be yelling at him all the time, right? And Jack Grealish doesn't say his shit. Doesn't say a word. Right, but that's, that's what I'm saying. People love this kind of stuff. It's more... I understand. It. It's, like, more interesting to cover. You have... Make more memes out of it. It becomes more viral than, let's say, another English player like Marcus Rashford who's really calm and he works with charities, right? Like, True. That, that stuff is not so sensationalizable. But you're right. He's the... Typical English bloke. Maybe not to that extreme, yeah. but yeah, because since he was 18, 19, there were already stories of him like getting drunk and like lying, being found on the floor or like crashing into people with his car. Like there's a lot of stories like that. Even when he was young, there was him, pictures of him on a bed with this, like uh, this lady who was like half naked or something and pictures like leaked out. It's just, he's been getting into this stuff because he, every time it's because he's drunk. Like it's just kind is he, of, is, does he have a girlfriend or he's married? He has a girlfriend. He's a, he's a longtime girlfriend. Um, but Honestly, it, it is that kind of like when I watch Ted Lasso and I see Jamie Tart, it's kind of like that character, right? Like it's yeah, like. But Jamie Tart has someone who like fixed him. Well, that's true, but I I just think that people think he's very relatable and he really speaks his true, mind. He's true, very honest, yeah. but I just think. What did you say the Gucci? Yeah, not my Gucci bag. <laughs> and his accent, I can't do his accent. But I just want to say he deserves to celebrate, deserves to drink. All of them do, all of them. And apparently Ruben Diaz, who's like one of those like very proper people who really cares about working out and eating well and all that stuff. So he never drinks, but he made an exception after winning the treble and he took two shots and he threw up in Jack Grealish's mother's bag. No. what Ederson said. Anyway, so they're like, oh, never again. You clearly went down the rabbit hole to see everything. No, but I do think, as like I was saying, they deserve to celebrate whatever they want, let their hair down because Pep clearly has them on a very tight string, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It may set a bad example. I don't True. know. Could be a slippery slope. You don't know what could end up happening, right? Like It's so much, I think. Yeah, because like, how do you know when it turns into alcoholism? I don't think he has... I'm not saying he has alcohol, alcohol problem. It's just when he does drink, yeah, but- it seems like it. And also, there are footballers in the past that went down this path. But that's the problem with like the whole uh, country, right? Like, there's a lot of Western countries where people drink so much that, okay, it's borderline alcoholic. Who defines whether someone's alcoholic? No, no, or not? no one's defining. It's just only you will know personally whether you're, it's healthy for you or not, right? But at the same time, I just yeah, don't... Yeah, you might be lying to yourself. Of course, but I just don't, I just don't want his career to get affected I think, by this. Yeah, I think, That's all I'm saying. I think uh, he took it too far. But then again, it's just because you watch the English media and he's covered by the English media. I don't fucking know what Argentina did. When they want to work out. No, no, of course, of course, of course. They might have done even worse. No, no, I agree, I agree. It's just that it stands out, right? Right? Because the rest of the teammates drank and party, but not to his level. That's true. It's just a contrast of like what Jack Grealish did and what everyone else <laughs> he did. He sat around and selected, okay, who gets to be the, the, the drunk asshole? You have no idea. You have no idea how many memes and videos there were of Jack Grealish. 
after winning the trouble like everywhere on the bus screaming on the streets on the parade like oh after it was at ibiza oh after at the club in manchester oh my god you have no idea don't you get tired of that i don't like, know I and for some reason, tired of and for after some an reason hour. this guy who didn't who wasn't sober for like 72 hours managed to get on a plane and and show up for the yeah. english squad i love i love him i think he's really honest he's really funny he's hilarious you know you know i'm always watching videos of him. i think i find him very endearing but i just this one little thing i'm just a little worried like i don't think and i also don't think this should be glorif- i don't think i don't think he's gonna do it again no but i'm just saying this can be of, once a year the glorification i'm just wondering what kind of example it sets for younger no no but kids. it's gonna be once a year like it's the example so ba- that it says that you could so, do this so, so if basically you six, 16 year olds are gonna think yeah okay well uh if i ever win the trouble i can do this but yeah, then but, i know but I'm, never, never I'm never gonna win the trouble so then i what is my equivalent of winning the trouble Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm just celebrating a huge life event and then I go all crazy and then it gets out of hand. I'm just saying the kind of whole culture of drinking so much. What a buzzkill, Francesca is. <laughs> I'm not a buzzkill and it's my team. Why would I be like, I'm just saying. And, and like, you know. D- DM him and tell him I really think, you should together. I really think he was oppressed by Pep. I'm 100% I really sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because, because why would he like... It's too much, no? Yeah, because I think it really... And, and Pep, Pep looks like this authoritarian father figure that tells you what to do his, it seems like it really goes against so much of his nature to like never eat the things he wants to eat he loves yeah, a good yeah, chinese yeah. as he says he said or, that yeah, he's always <laughs> i love really and and like all the stuff that you know that average typical not to be stereotypical about it but the average english person likes well, to do all, it, all right? these stereotypes are coming from someone who's british so i'm not that's true i don't sound this. british but i still am british so i can say this <laughs> anyway but I mean, I'm really happy for them just bringing this up because it has been an interesting thing to observe. And and Jack Grealish does get a lot of attention in the English media. People really love him. That's true. So. That's true. And maybe other players do it as well. We just don't know. Yeah. Not English players. And, and speaking of Pep, really quickly, Enzo Maresca, his assistant coach, has now become officially Leicester's new manager. His his offspring yeah. have just been basically spreading everyone's father. seeds everywhere. Everyone's father. I swear to God. When it comes to, to players and assistant coaches. I swear to God. So many in the Premier League already. Well, Leicester, not, not anymore, but... That's true, yeah. Anyway, Sad. we'll have another one. Companies coming back. Yeah, so that's it for today's episode. We hope you really enjoyed. If you did, leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening from. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.